Hey everyone, it's Thursday, August 20th, 2020. Welcome to episode 25 of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. On this week's show, we'll be drinking delicious craft beers, talking a lot about upcoming fights in the UFC, discussing the resurgence of Blackberry again, VR sword fights, and a brand new action RPG that we think you're going to like. Stick around. All right, let's do this. What's up, guys? I'm AJ, a.k.a. The Ginger. And I'm Reese, a.k.a. The Beard. Oh, boy. We've got a packed show tonight. It's Thursday instead of Friday. We'll be releasing this normal time on Saturday, so if you're not watching live, no change for you, but we're recording a day early. It's kind of like throwing me off a little bit because I feel like it should be the weekend right now. <laughs> I do. Yeah, that's how I feel, too, because like, i got to work tomorrow. It's like, yeah, this is I know. weird, you know? It's going to be weird. Yeah. Maybe we should just call out sick. Can you call out sick when you're working from home all the time? Does um, that still work? Yeah. I mean, I just tell them straight <laughs> up I don't feel like working. And then, nice. you know, I'm just like, I'm using That's PTO. I need it. a mental health day, you know? That's what I call it. There you go. It works. It's a good way to go. So, dude, how was your so week, man? Oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> My week's been good, dude. Week's been good. Um, nothing, Nothing crazy to speak of. Nice busy week, um, going by pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, only thing that's annoying is I my house is full of flies for some reason. That's weird. I don't know why. Yeah, it's just outside. There's just flies everywhere. We even have a pest control company, and they come like once a quarter. And with this time they were when they were here, I was like, "What about these flies? You can do anything about these?" And they're like, "No, nah. unfortunately, it's just the time of year, and you got to deal with it." So Yuck. that's been driving me a little bit bananas. Yeah, I mean, literally, they just like, flying around me while I'm working. I'm, like, on video calls, and I'm, like, landing on my forehead. And, like, I swear to you guys, I don't have, like, schizophrenia. I'm not, like, swatting demons off my shoulder. It's flies, you know? I'm just the lord <laughs> of the flies. <laughs> yeah, but. That's cool. I got to say, man, my my adrenaline's still pumping. We just got done playing some uh, Remnant Wow. from the ashes. So you guys make sure you check out that YouTube video if you didn't see it live. It was, it was... a pretty intense mission we just got done with. Yeah, I'd say, dude, that's that's pretty good, pretty intense. Uh, yeah, man, oh, I, I got the adrenaline going too. But but on on the topic of flies, dude, I had a I had a huge ass ant crawl up my neck the other day while I was working, Ooh. and I was like, I was like, what was that? I was like, is my wife behind me, like tickling my back or something? And I kept reaching back and I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, yeah, I got it. I, I freaked out. I got up. I tore my shirt off. I said. Oh you know, gosh. I told my wife, could you come look at me? I don't know what's going on. I'm freaking out right now. And um, it, like, made its way into my beard, bro. No. Are you serious? Yeah, and this freaking ant was, like, an inch long, bro. It was huge. It was, like, oh, no. it was one of the biggest ants I think I've ever seen. In, in Did he get lost in there? Was it just, like, in there? You're just, like, nah, <laughs> trying to get it out? He was just poking into the forest to see what's going on, you know? He, he, didn't, he didn't get immersed, you know? Oh, man. He was just... Yeah, it was it was you know, and then I felt like I had ants crawling on me for the rest of the day. No good. Yeah, I don't mind ants so much. Like I don't flip out, but if, if I have a spider crawling on me, dude, I turn Ooh. into like an eight year old girl. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I just run up the street like screeching. Actually, I think I have a vivid memory. I think Shayna and I were already dating, so it wasn't that bad. But we were at her house, and um, you know, I'm supposed to be the the cool dude, right? Like 
not scared of anything. And we were at her house, and like I think we were like helping her parents move some firewood or something like that. And um, there was a spider web like in this doorway that I didn't see, and I got like a spider web on my face. And I did the same thing that you just described. I think I like pulled my shirt off because I thought it was a spider like in my shirt, and I'm like freaking out. Right. I'm, like man, I just look like such a chump. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same For- thing, dude. Fortunately, I think I had already hooked her at that point, so you were good. We, okay, okay. You, know, you know how the story ends. We get married, you know, it all works out. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good, good story for sure. Um, yeah. So, anyways, how's your week been, man? Besides the ant incident, uh, the ant incident was really weird. Uh, week's been, you know, <laughs> relatively uneventful, which I'm kind of, I'm, I'm grateful for. No more events, less events. Dude. Um, no, no more trees falling. You're like, you haven't had like a meteor hit your house or anything yet. Shh, shh, no. <laughs> Don't no no way, dude. Let's not even don't, jinx it. don't even say that. Um, they did they did remove the tree next door altogether. It's just completely gone now. Um, that's good news. Yeah, so that's good. And uh, you know, it's just been a boring old normal week, man. Besides that, I guess uh, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, yeah. So I guess uh, before we start moving on, I just want to tell everybody that's watching us here on Twitch to, you know, drop us a follow. If you like what you're seeing, you know, subscribe on YouTube, give us a like on the video, subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you really want to, and if you really like us, tell a friend, uh, we appreciate that word of mouth, uh, um, advertising, if you will. And, uh, as always, we appreciate your support. We uh, yes. love what we're doing here. So we hope you guys do too absolutely and before we dig into our main content of the night i do want to give a couple of quick announcements that man i could not be more excited to talk about um we will have our first guests on the show next week next friday um i will say they will not be live just based on some technical challenges that we have to overcome so make sure you check out the recorded version of the episode next week when it releases but we're having victor and andrew from Lion Bynes Hop Farm out of Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, joining us next week. Nice. They're going to talk to us all about the hops. Um, you know, you guys know we talk about beer all the time, and we're trying to learn more about beer. And so hops being a main ingredient in some of the, the most delicious beers out there, um, we are excited to learn more about that um, and about Lion's Bynes, Lion Bynes Hop Farm specifically. So make sure you tune in for that. And then next, uh, we actually will be doing a guest appearance on The Illest Podcast So Far, another podcast that we've been chatting with since we've been uh, doing our own show. And we're doing that next Saturday. So whenever that episode releases, we'll make sure to let you guys know and point you in the direction to check that out. But we're going to go on there and talk about our show and and just chat it up with with the guys over there. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll send it your way when it's live. Dude, can't wait, man. So excited for this. Our first uh, yes. guest appearance uh, and us as a guest on another show. It's really cool, man. Really cool it's that gonna be awesome. you know, we've kind of made it this far. I think we're like eight, you know, seven or six, six, seven or eight months in. I can't even remember right now. It's like, I think it's like seven 12, months. Yeah. 67. 712 months <laughs> in. Here we are. Finally got Finally. our first, <laughs> first interview. Guest spot. First yeah, guest I, spot. I'm stoked, man. I'm really stoked. I'm excited to that the podcast community has been so welcoming and just fun to be a part of. So I'm really, really excited to to get this opportunity. So guys, make sure you check that out. But yeah. I'm ready to drink some beer. What about you, man? Dude, I'm so ready to drink some beer. Let's go ahead and uh, head over to that section of the podcast. Be right back, guys. Let's do it.
All right, guys, here we are. Uh, what you drinking? Let's talk about it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So as we do every single week, um, we put a poll out there on our Instagram channel. Let the voters let us know what they'd like for us to drink this week. And uh, I'm trying to pull up those polls right now to see where we landed. Had, had another second. landslide week, I think, for both of us. Uh, you guys yeah, will we... see very shortly, but very lopsided. And it's, uh, I don't know why. Like, what is it that, that makes it like that? Is it the can? Is it that they know the, the brewery or they know the beer specifically? Like, I feel like they probably don't. A lot of people might not know the beer specifically because they're such, like, you know, one-off types of beers. It's not like a Budweiser or something. It's like something completely random usually. So it's right. Is it the brewery or is it just the look of the can or is it? Is I think it just it's a mixture it, of. I think it's a mixture of all those things. I think the can one hundred percent plays into it, um, but then also, um, like you said, brand awareness and things like that. But this week, uh, I had it was between Left Hand Brewing's Milk Stout Nitro Milk Stout and the Two Roads Two Juicy Double IPA. And so, as you guys can see here, let's hope I don't freak my camera out. Landslide victory for the Two Juicy Double IPA from Two Roads Brewing. Big time. Um, Landslide. Yeah, I saw the, the beard here voted for the Milk Stout. I did. So I, oh, you can, see the, you can see the voters? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I always lose. Come on, camera. You can do it. Hello. Hello, Clarice. No. You might just have camera? to turn it on, turn it back off. Or turn it off, turn All it right. back on real quick. First big investment for the podcast is going to be a new camera for for the for the ginger. There it so is. So, anyways, yes, I've got the two juicy double IPA from Two Roads Brewing. Uh, I'm going to crack this open, but just to give you guys a little bit of insight, this is an unfiltered New England style double IPA. It's uh, like I said, unfiltered. So, I'm curious, what does an unfiltered IPA actually mean? Really, it's just another way of saying hazy IPA, which makes oh. sense to me now now that I know that. So, let me give this a quick pour. Oh, they just leave all the sediment and everything in there then. All the goodies. I kind of like hazy beers, man. Seems like they got too. more they got more to it. There's more stuff going on in there. So, definitely pretty hazy and this is before usually with the hazy IPA, you've got to get to the bottom and do a little swirl action on the can or the bottle to really uh kick up all the rest of that sediment um and really get the full haze. So, after I take a couple sips of this, Looks we like will do juice. just that. Yeah, it's very, very, very thick and cloudy, as we expected. So yeah, you you kind of hit it on the head. It's really just sediment. Um, it's a it's basically a byproduct of proteins and I don't. Hopefully, I'm saying this right. Polyphenols. Polyphenols. Yeah, I think that's um, right. I've heard that word. And when the two of those you know do the thing together, they create this sort of byproduct. Um, which creates the haze and then filtered beers usually do a couple different processes to remove that those um, those uh, particulates that particulate matter but hazy IPAs just kind of leave that in there um, and it really just gives it a different texture like a lot of people describe it as like a soft sort of mouthfeel yeah. which does kind of make sense like the more that I think about it I can um, see that so this one here before I take the first sips um, on the website they, they describe it they say a generous amount there's a generous amount of I'm going to butcher this. Halla Tower, Blanc, Citra, and Mandarina Bavaria hops. That's okay. a lot of hops with a lot of big names. So, you know, Man. great. Um, so, anyways, it says the result is a juicy, fully charged double IPA with notes of grapefruit, pine, 
I'm going to skip that word, orange and tangerine <laughs> against a soft, soft malt back, backdrop. So let me go ahead and give this a quick sip. I think it's leche. That's leche? There's or a le- Y in there? Or leche. Leche? Leche. I don't know. Either way, that's delicious. I want to go ahead and put that out there. I definitely get a lot of the citrus flavors. Not picking up so much in the pine, but the grapefruit for sure. Definitely smooth. Um, I do get that soft kind of feel. But now that I've taken a nice big sip of that, I'm going to go ahead and do a little swirl action here and see what kind of haze we can actually get out of this bad boy. Oh, man. You're going to get more haze? Oh, my gosh. Oh, you know it. Look at that. It's kind of hard to tell since it was already pretty hazy, but... wonder if it changes Yeah, that's thick, man. Looks like it. Definitely could. Definitely could. Any flavor changes? Not a ton, honestly. I'm kind of surprised there's not more head on this. A lot of these IPAs typically have a pretty large head. Yeah. Um, I do get some of the tangerine, though. I don't pick up on the malts much. And what I what I found interesting was reading into this is that apparently there's malts added to kind of balance out the hops. Um, okay. So maybe it's not um, particularly noticeable, but just in there to kind of tame it a little bit. But, yeah, I would say overall it's a very good IPA. It's 8.2%, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, I highly recommend you guys check that out if you haven't already. Um, I did see on their website, though, this is typically a limited can release. So I was probably lucky to pick this up. And Wegmans, I'm surprised it was actually there. So, yeah, shout out to Rhodes Brewing for a delicious brew. Good job, guys. All um, right, so let's take a look and see what the voters gave you this week, sir. All right, man, pull it up for me. We got uh, we got Juliet. Oh wait, we got Juliet versus uh, Dogfish Head Fruitful Fort. Um, as you can see, 86 percent for Fruitful Fort. Man, it just got completely landslided there and uh and you know what i voted for but uh it is what it is so (laughs) man um all right guys so let me tell you real quick about fruitful fort dogfish head craft brewery it's a complex belgian style ale brewed with four types of berries four types of berries guys in this little bottle we got raspberry blackberry boysenberry and elderberry and uh they're telling me it's reminiscent of a jammy red wine kind of interesting right jammy red wine very interesting what also what's that also interesting, really good this thing's 15 to 18 percent abv holy moly i might not make it through the show <laughs> dude we're supposed to be playing valorant after this oh no time will tell man who knows uh 50 ibus a little scary about that uh a lot of bitterness there wow um, so you guys will see soon um, what it looks like. Let me go ahead and pour this sucker out, and we'll uh, we'll get into it a little bit more. Didn't forget Man. my bottle opener today. Got the bottle opener. Good job. Making good decisions today. 15 to 18%. All right, guys. Here it is. Let's hope that there's no head. Um, Stay away from the keyboard. Oh, man. Look at that. That's like, oh, jeez. Uh, it's a Whoa. beautiful color. Oh my god, there's so much stuff coming out of it. Holy it's all crap. those berries, the berry remnants. Holy crap. Now this... I'm interested if, if you get in any alcohol taste on this since it's so high. Wow, dude. This is um there was a lot of stuff that came out of it at the end. That that's interesting. Um there's no head on this. It smells like a port. 
have, you know what? It smells just like a port. That's very interesting. Hmm. Um, you know, so it's opaque. It's a, it's very dark. Uh, as I was pouring it out, I could see like some red in the pour, but now that it's all poured out, it's just like f- straight brown. Um, <laughs> just a, you know, light brown, I guess you could say. And, uh, smells like a port, um, you know, cherries, definitely. Uh, let's sip it. Whoa. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> the visual reactions. Whoa. Whoa, dude. Um, what's wow. happening? What's going on? All right. What's going hold on, on in there? One, one more sip here. Every week, it's something more entertaining with, with the beard's beers. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, it's uh, very sweet, very bitter. Um, lots of berries. The alcohol is is pronounced for sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Definitely getting some. Definitely getting some alcohol on that sucker. Um, this will get you drunk. <laughs> this it'll get you drunk. You'll be. I'll be falling out of my chair by the end of this podcast. I'm sure of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like a, it's like a port wine kind of, it's, it just, it's like a port wine beer, which is kind of weird. It's good though. It's good. It's not something that I could see myself drinking a whole lot. This is something that I think I would have probably enjoyed more on like a really cold winter day with like a hot, like I, I, I kind of would rather have drank this warm, I think. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, man, that's intense, bro. It's oh, like, like if it does it does it taste like jam though? Is it is it is it jammy? Honestly, I'm not getting jam. I'm getting I'm getting like overwhelming bitterness and okay. s- and sweetness, and you know berries, you know mashed up berries just all throughout it. But I'm not getting like the I'm not getting like the real sugary sweetness of a jam. You know what I mean? Okay. I was gonna say, how about some like eating, uh, drinking it with like some hot biscuits, like fresh biscuits? Oh, mm. I could see good. that. I could definitely see that, right? I could see eating okay. it with. If you if you had this with something like salty or something to like kind of counter that out, I think that would be good. Like salty, buttery, you know, to counter out the sweetness and bitterness that's on this. I feel like nice. that would that would pair well. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, if have you ever had a port? If you've ever had a port. I don't think I have, honestly. I'm All right. not much into like is it similar to wine or what? It's it's very similar to wine, just a lot sweeter in a different process. It's a lot sweeter, it's a, it's like very full bodied, um a kind of a different taste. So it's kinda like it's it's like that. And I'm guessing that that's why they call it a fort. I tried looking up what a fort is. Uh, got it. And a fort is just another one of Dogfish Head's beers, right? So they just they've they've been calling things forts i guess or that's just one specific beer that they made and it's it's this belgian style brewing process um you know that that they've used to give kind of a backbone to this very very licious type of beer um very interesting yeah you take a shot of this take 10 shots of this man you're done for <laughs> yeah, I mean, leave it to Dogfish Head to do something like that because they also are the makers of the 120 minute IPA, which which some comes in somewhere between 15 and 20 percent ABV. Very so, interesting uh, that you mentioned that, right? So the 120 minute IPA and also the Worldwide Stout use the same um, 
brewing process as this beer. Okay. Where it's like a Belgian style type of brewing process um, to back up very interesting flavors, whether it be an IPA, a stout, or this, in my opinion, port-like beer. Yeah. Man. Well, that sounds interesting. That was the beer. Um, You know, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably give it a 4, honestly, in my opinion. Um because it's the the flavor just isn't for me. The bitterness isn't there for me. It's a very interesting experience. You know, if you're interested in trying something new, give it a shot. Your taste buds might be different than mine. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. <laughs> so, um, you know, speaking of uh, of weird uh, drinking um styles i guess you could say this is kind of weird is 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 hard seltzer weird do you think a hard seltzer is weird it's kind of weird to me man because number one i just don't like seltzers number two i have a hard time finding a place for them in my like drinking you know day-to-day i guess but the only time i've actually enjoyed one is like being extremely hot outside like then i can enjoy one but i I can also enjoy a light beer when it's extremely hot outside so yeah it's got to be the right time of year, right? I feel it's got to be summertime. It's got to be like sweltering hot, and maybe you don't yep. want to get like super drunk, and you just want to have something that's a, a different, you know, kind of um, a tasting experience. So, uh, with that yep. said, Brewers Publications is releasing a how to make hard seltzer. Um, uh, it's called Refreshing uh, Recipes uh, for Sparkling Libations by Chris Colby. Uh, if you guys are interested and um, interested in brewing this or, you know, doing some home brewing techniques to make a hard seltzer that fits your likes, uh, you guys should check it out. It's coming out on uh, September 7th. It's going to be 1995. It's the first comprehensive book that covers hard seltzer brewing. Uh, features everything from brewing details to guidance around the differing uh, government regulations. Uh, it's even some cocktail recipes using it. So, uh you know, it's. I think it's probably essential for anybody's uh, brewing uh, library just to have this since it's kind of the first of its kind. And, you know, you might have some fun with it. You might stumble onto something new. Who knows? Uh, but if you're interested, guys, check it out. It's on brewerspublications.com. Um, just go ahead and search for uh, refreshing recipes for sparkling libations, how to make hard seltzer. And if you make some and it turns out good, let us know. Yeah. And if you like drinking beer, then you probably like people punching each other in the face. You ready to watch? <laughs> you ready to talk about people punching each other in the face? Let's do that, man. All right. Be right back. All right, guys, here we are. Let's talk about people punching each other in the face. (laughs) Yes, sir. While we drink some beer. Okay. All right, guys. So as we do every time we talk about UFC, I want to plug our spinoff series, um, The Ginger and the Beard Weigh-Ins, which we record every Tuesday. And we go 100% of our time talking about MMA, UFC. So make sure you check that out. We've got a few stories here we're going to kind of breeze through so we can get get to our tech news. Um, So kicking us off with that. Uh, we've got an official light heavyweight title scheduled already. John Jones just vacated his, his light heavyweight belt this week still. I mean, like just a few days ago. And they've already announced Dominic Reyes versus Jan Blakowicz to fight September 26th. 
So that's some exciting exciting news. And also happening on the 26th, um, Adesanya versus Costa. Oh, I can't wait. So, dude, that's going to be a stacked card, a stacked pay-per-view. Can't wait to watch that. Yes, sir. Um, but it was interesting, too. Dominic's actually calling John Jones out this week and basically saying, like, the reason he moved up to heavyweight from light heavyweight was because he was scared of the people in the division, um, that there's <laughs> some predators out there lurking around John Jones. He didn't say that. I'm making that up. But um, that John's essentially, you know, worried about the people who may potentially get a rematch and might win that fight. You know, Dominic and he just fighted not long ago. And some would say that Dominic, Dominic won that fight. Um, I'm one so of them. Very, very interesting. Yeah, definitely. I'm certainly one so, of them. I can't wait to see this fight. It's going to be awesome. You know, who knows why John actually moved out. It's, it's probably for money, but. Good yeah. point. I agree. See what happens. Um, so uh, going off of the event this past weekend, Sean O'Malley, everybody knows about Sean O'Malley versus uh, Marlon Vera, how that went. Uh, Sean O'Malley finally came out and uh, gave us a little bit of his side of the story. He said, whoever wins, how it happens, however they win, they win. He won. It sucks for me because I lost to someone who I look at as not very good. Whoa. Oh, shade. Oh, shade. Uh, and uh, he goes on. It's a little shadier on this uh, this portion here. Let's look <laughs> at his career in five years, and uh, let's look at mine. I'm going to be the effing world champion, and he's going to be an effing journeyman. Wow, dude. Wow. Wow. Vera came out shortly after and said he has no interest in a uh, rematch. He said, uh, F him, he quit. Yeah, so these guys certainly don't like each other anymore. I can understand why. But Sean O'Malley has not taken a bite of the humble pie. <laughs> Which has... also is interesting because he tweeted not long after his defeat, humbled, period. And that was it. Yeah, and then he and then he said that that was kind of bullcrap, and he's not humbled, and blah 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 blah. Come blah. on, dude! The humble pie was presented to him. He threw it out. He didn't want it. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Whatever. Well, you know what? I, I'm excited to see his return. I know he'll be back not too long from now. I'm sure, as long as he gets that injury healed up. And I kind of do think they should run it back, honestly. But I mean, that's up to Dana, and you know, still like we said on like we said on our episode of weigh-ins this week. Good on you, Cheeto. 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 <laughs> Wait, that is Cheeto Vera, right? Uh, they yeah, call Cheeto, right? It's Cheeto. Um, I don't know why I thought that was weird for a second. Anyways, Cheeto Vera, good for you, man, um, for th- for that win. Flaming hot Cheeto Vera. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, guys, moving on. Uh, White uh, Dana White delivers a reminder to everybody, letting us all know the UFC signings, and every time they sign somebody, that means they're cutting somebody on the other side. Almost certainly, they got to do three fights. They got to promise three fights to every single one of their fighters. So if they sign somebody, somebody else has got to go. Uh, it's all a numbers game. He went ahead and said this. This is the fourth season, talking about the uh, uh, Contender Series. Uh, we've done four seasons on this show. Uh, this is how it works. Uh, he reiterated uh, when asked if fighters uh, currently on the roster should be concerned that cuts are incoming. He said, it's been like this for 20 years. Every once in a while, you'll see a huge cut. We'll go through and, you know, uh, there'll be 14, 15 guys cut in a week, stuff like that. That's just the nature of the beast. And I get it. I mean, look at some of the turnover that we've seen already, right? Um, Corey Anderson's gone, Paige Van Zant, And then a plethora of undercard level fighters are yeah. have all been cut. And this is normal. It's constantly happening. So um, if you guys think that they're being harsh, they're actually not as harsh as they used to be. Um, there was a class act lawsuit against them. 
Um, a lot of fighters got involved, and wow. uh, now now there's a little bit more protection for them. But basically, you know, before if you lost two fights, you were du- you were gone. If you lost two fights, it doesn't matter. You're gone. Uh, now wow. it's not now it's, it's not as strict anymore. But still, if you're not performing, then you're going to get cut. You know, that's just how it is. So there's so much talent out there. They've got to make room for the up and comers. Yeah, they want the best of the best. They don't got time for people that aren't trying to win the belt. Or who don't want to fight. People who back out. Like, what about um, Yair Rod- Rodriguez? <laughs> exactly, What's going to happen dude. with that guy? Come on. Yeah, exactly, man. Uh, speaking of people that are no longer in the UFC, Fabricio Verdum, were you aware of this? After he fought Alexander Gustafsson, that was his last fight. He's now a free agent. I wasn't really? aware of this. He's not re-signing with the UFC, so he's no longer in the UFC. He's a part of that last round of people that left. Um, and... Uh, you know, he's testing the free agency pool uh, after fighting his contract. So um, after this most recent uh, UFC fight, uh, he was done with his contract. He voiced his desire to fight a rematch against Fedor Milianenko. Uh In 2010, oh. they scored a uh, he scored the shocking upset of, of Fedor, um, basically giving Fedor Milianenko his first defeat via um, via triangle choke uh, with a com- combination of an arm bar as well. Uh, which was just insane. Everybody was like, oh, my God, crazy. Um, you know, so he's saying that, yeah, he wouldn't mind doing that fight again, you know, uh, which is, kind of, in my opinion, a little weird. But uh, Mianenko expressed a mutual interest in running that fight back. I can see why I get that win back in his corner. Uh, and Fedor went ahead and uh, came out and said, for myself, yes, I would like to fight him. Whether that's a fight fans are interested in seeing or Bellator is interested in putting on, I don't know yet. Um, but what we do know is Scott Coker, uh, who runs uh, um, Velator, is interested. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's probably going to uh, go forward and try and get Fabrizio Verdum onto the roster and, and get that fight going again. <clears throat> That's super interesting, man. What I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I wonder why UFC didn't re-up his contract since he just beat um, Gustafson. <clears throat> he didn't I mean, want I to. Guess... Oh, okay. All he right. chose no, not to. Sense. Yeah makes sense yeah. i mean he is getting kind of up there anyway he's 43 man he's 43 that's crazy yeah yeah and so and before all of this COVID stuff hit uh bellator was going to try and do like a retirement kind of like tour with fedor and, and kind of give him his last couple fights and then be done with it but then all this stuff happened so you know now yeah. here we are and and you know i think it'd be a cool fight to see you know fedor fight against uh somebody that he's lost to fedor's yeah. only lost to six people so far and you know uh fabricio is one of them so you know, um, yeah, maybe we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll see him get that win back in his, uh, back in his, uh, you know, column over there. So, yeah, that could be cool to see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So I'm trying to find a way to segue, and <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a hard one between that. Yeah. If you like watching UFC, then you're probably watching it on your computer. And you know what <laughs> your computer is? It's technology. Let's talk about tech. <laughs> I have nothing to say. That was beautiful. I brought a tear to my eye. Be right back. All right, guys. Welcome oh, back. We're going to talk about some tech. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm recovering from that segue. <laughs> You might need some more time. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we should just jump right into it. All right, so I, I wanted to kick this segment off just by saying there was a story that I saw that was just too ridiculous not to mention. 
I think it's complete like hogwash. I don't know the better way to say that, but it, it, I have almost no words for this really, but okay. there are iPhones. Let's just go into it. There are iPhones right now on eBay with Fortnite pre-installed. You guys remember the news from last week. Fortnite got banned from the app store. We're going to get into it in a little bit in a second, but there's iPhones on eBay right now that are selling for upwards of $10,000 solely because they have Fortnite pre-installed on them. So if you're some young kid and you're like, all my friends are playing Fortnite on their iPhones and I just got an iPhone and I can't install it now because it's banned, you can go to eBay and ask your mom, Mom, can I borrow $10,000 to buy an iPhone? And your mom, depending on how rich she is, might say yes. (laughs) So I, as, no, just no. as ridiculous as that sounds, it's it's true, man. And there's not just one iPhone. There's multitude of iPhones that are like four thousand, five thousand, um, out there for you to purchase, just to just to play Fortnite. What? So I looked at, into this a little bit more, and, and this battle continues to wage on. So I'm not going to recap what we've already talked about in a previous episode. Make sure you go check out last week's episode to get the full story. Um, but the the battle continues to to wage on. Epic and Apple, uh, between Epic and Apple, after they removed them from the App Store, Epic opened up a lawsuit, and since then, Epic has threatened to remove, or sorry, Apple has threatened to remove Epic from the Apple Developer Program, which essentially means that Epic would lose all of their resources and tools to help them develop their apps for the App Store. So not only does that affect their own games, and also affect the Mac version even of Fortnite, it could also have an impact on any game that relies on Epic's Unreal Engine. So Epic, as we know, owns the Unreal Engine. Lots and lots and lots of games rely on Unreal Engine. Um, and if that's if this comes to fruition, that could impact a lot of people. You know. So all I've got to say is slow your roll, Apple. I mean, geez, dude, you're like escalating uh-huh. this like crazy. Yeah. You know, you've you've removed them from the App Store. I mean, I guess they're probably pissed off about the lawsuit. Why not? But. But geez, you're affecting a lot of people. Um, I've seen some headlines out there like this could be the, you know, the beginning of the end for for the App Store and its exclusivity that it has on iOS. To be honest, that's a fair and valid point. But I just don't think there's ever going to be an iPhone that has an alternate App Store available. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Um, yeah, but this could but, be the beginning of the end for Apple, right? Like, like think about it like this, right? The video gaming industry, like you said, all of the Unreal. Um, games that are made with the Unreal Engine. If uh, Epic decides, hey, let's let's put some you know some functionality in here that prevents the Unreal Engine from working on Mac devices, then you're going to have a bunch of people that can't play video games on Mac devices. You're going to have all these yeah. gamers out there that aren't going to be buying Mac devices. You know that's going to hurt Apple in the long run. That's a good point. Definitely a good point. So. You know, very interesting. But also, if you're an Android user, you can still install the game. As far as I'm, as far as I'm aware, you can still install the game just through Epic's third-party launcher. Um, so again, it's a little bit. You know, people may have some hesitations about that for security reasons and things. But um, that's how they did it when they first launched to Android, and you can do that. You can do that still now. Um, so if you're in the in the market for an Android phone. Starting early next year, we've got some good news. Not really good news, not really bad news. Um, BlackBerry, as we mentioned at the top of the show, BlackBerry just won't die. They won't wow. die. Um, in a new press release, another company called Onward Mobility um, has announced they're going to try to bring BlackBerry back with the physical keyboard, running Android, and with 5G. 
Um, Reese, were you a Black BlackBerry user ever? I had the little scrolly wheel. Sure. You did? Oh, I'm so jealous. Okay, so Blackberries, in their prime, I was in college, and uh, I was definitely jealous of everyone sitting around me in class who had their little scrolly wheel out, their little <laughs> physical keyboard. I think at that point I was still using like a Motorola um, Razor, a little flip, flip phone. I definitely wasn't even into smartphones at that point. Oh, don't get but, me wrong. Uh, Mine was a hand-me-down from my mom. I was using <laughs> the Razor most of the time. I caught the back end of it. Yeah, man. The hand-me-down phones. <clears throat> so this phone's slated to be, according to the press release, slated to be available in both North America and Europe in the first part of 2021. Um, so uh, this actually comes from an article from Gizmodo. And on, on mobility, a quote from the article is, Onward Mobility is planning to target its BlackBerry phone at businesses and enterprise professionals who want something that delivers both a tactile typing experience and an em- emphasis on privacy and security. So this is where my interest becomes peaked. I'm just like, number one, I don't really know how much of a need there really is for any of that. You know, Apple kind of has a lockdown on the security market. It kind of seems like like their phones are all about privacy. They're extremely secure. You know, there's been instances where terrorists are even using the phone and then Apple refuses to unlock them for the for government, you know, right? So pretty secure, I feel like. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas Android has a little bit of a lesser reputation in that regard. And also, why do enterprise and business professionals require a tactile typing experience? <laughs> I'm like, what a weird thing to say. Like, hey, we yeah. think these business guys on Wall Street really could use a physical keyboard. I, you know, I mean, like, I don't know. Come on. They have briefcases. They have suits. Why not have a keyboard? <laughs> I just don't understand the, the logic behind that. I don't, I don't uh, know about that logic. But I do think that there is some value in having a, a physical keyboard. Um, you know, certainly with my big, you know, meat fingers, um, I, I miss key things constantly and I'm constantly deleting the M when I'm trying to put an M. You ever have that problem where you like oh, go to do, type actually. an M and then you delete the first anyway, yeah. you know, so, I mean, I, I could see some value there. Some people probably have that problem and they wouldn't mind having a physical keyboard. Yeah, I can see that as well. I'm also just, but I'm just weird, like in the press release for them to say like, we're targeting these users, these buyers for this reason. Like, what about a businessman who needs a physical keyboard more than any person? Honestly, like, I was thinking about this. If any demographic picks this up, I believe it's going to be, like, the, the super young kids, like these early, these tweenagers, you know, uh, the tweeners, yeah. whatever generation they're called these days. But they're like, they're like hey, man. You boomers don't have keyboards. <laughs> yeah, losers. This physical keyboard, like, this is the first phone. That's ever had like a physical keyboard, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, dude, these are the kids we play Valorant with. I'm just like, shut up and go, go to your bedroom. Yeah. Is it past your bedtime? Anyways, but like, yeah, I mean, this kind of stuff where it's like denim jeans, you know, like denim washed out jeans were super popular in like the 80s or whatever. Um, and kids think it's fun to wear them now because like, look at my cool pants. I'm so retro. I'm so hip. Um, <laughs> you know, Black Bear is popular back in the Stone Age, so they're going to be excited to pick this up and show all their friends a cool new physical keyboard yeah frankly you know what man the more i look at this the more i kind of like it uh, it looks pretty sleek i like the back of it you know i like yeah. having a physical keyboard i i, I don't know it's kind of it's kind of speaking to me right now well to be clear that's actually an older blackberry that one actually has been out on the market the one if you're watching what? the video version that phone actually exists um uh, i can't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head right now but um, that is one that actually has has released. BlackBerry also re- released one a couple years ago called the BlackBerry Priv, 
and it was actually a sliding phone. Like you could slide it up, and it had the physical keyboard underneath of the uh, display. Right. Right. Um, so they're out there. So I'm not really sure what they're going to do differently with this one. Probably not much in terms of the physical appearance of it, if I had to guess. But probably laser definitely beams. Probably laser beams. <laughs> yeah. It's got a built-in. Since it's for business professionals, it's probably got a built-in laser pointer for your PowerPoint presentation. Exactly. It, it probably comes with like Microsoft Office pre-installed. Um, yeah. Know. Yeah, the, e- the default email client is Microsoft Outlook, so you just immediately want to stomp your phone out, you know, <laughs> all that good stuff. You don't like Outlook? I love Outlook. Oh my gosh, I knew you were gonna say that. I'm an Outlook <laughs> user, man. Love the functionality. It's all, it's all that stuff. You're a very, you're a very practical kind of guy. I know that. Oh, I'm a, I'm a wizard, bro. I you're know a wizard, you Harry. You're a power user. I love you're it. A power user. Love it, man. You can do so, so much. you know. I don't really know how to transition to this next story either, other than to say, like, you know, um, BlackBerry just won't go away. Facebook also just won't go away. <laughs> Boom. Um, I think that's pretty good, right? You guys yeah. rate us on our transitions here. We're really trying to get better about these segues. So you guys just go ahead and uh, if you like our transitions and our segues, just give us a thumbs up on the YouTube video. That's it's all better than It's better than what I was going to do, which would have been. <laughs> and if you use a BlackBerry, then you've probably <laughs> used... <laughs> Facebook. It's like the the if you give a mouse a cookie book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Oh Oh, man, that's too funny. If you're old enough to, if you're old enough to know what BlackBerry is, you probably have a Facebook page. Yes. Uh, So, anyways. (laughs) All right. So you are a VR user, Reese. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you have an Oculus or do you have an HTC Vive? I can't remember. Uh, I got an Oculus Rift S. Okay, you've got an Oculus Rift S, which means you have an Oculus account, and you know that Oculus is owned by Facebook. Yes. Well, when Facebook acquired Oculus, the biggest fear and concern of users was that eventually Facebook was going to require users to log into Facebook in order to use their VR headset. And at first, um, Palmer Lucky, the owner of, or CEO of Oculus, was like, no, 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 no. This is never going to happen. Sure. Well, in fact, we have reached the day Are you kidding? this me? is happening. What? I'm not kidding you. I wish I was kidding you. So this article comes to us also from Gizmodo, and there's a quote that says, Anyone who is new to an Oculus device after October must log in with a Facebook account. At that time, existing Oculus users will have the option of merging their Facebook and Oculus accounts. Anyone who does not merge will have two years before their Oculus accounts are kaput. Their devices, the devices will technically still work, but full functionality will require a Facebook account. Hmm. Okay. It goes on to say that all future Oculus devices will also require a Facebook account, regardless of if you already have an Oculus account. So that just to clarify, there's a new Oculus device. I think it's the Oculus Quest 2 or something like that, or Quest Pro, I can't remember, um, coming out in September. If you, Reese, as a Oculus owner, decide that you want to buy that new Oculus, you're going to have to connect your Facebook account with that device in order to use it. So before that's, we go any further, how do you feel about that? How does that make you feel? That's kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. Um, I want to know what happens to my purchase history and like all the stuff that's stored in my Oculus account. Does it get moved over? Like, well, it's interesting you, know? you should say that because there's actually terms of service changes coming from Oculus that you must agree to, right, to use their devices. Um, and essentially, in such few words, it states that. Facebook will be looking at your VR usage to improve your experience. 
air quotes, improve oh, your experience. Okay. okay. So that's, that's their scary. BS. Yeah, that's their BS way of saying essentially we're going to be watching and monitoring your usage of your VR device and probably collecting the information on what what kind of apps you like, what kind of content you're likely to purchase, all these sorts of things, probably all in the name of targeted advertisements and selling your information to third-party companies. What I'm afraid um, of is the fact that my Oculus has like six cameras on it. Very good point. Um, there's lots of co- quote-unquote conspiracies about your phone listening to you at all times and Facebook showing you ads for men's underwear when you told your wife, hey, I need, I got some holes in my, where my pooper's at. I need some new undies. And then you, <laughs> you get some... <laughs> Oh man, sorry. I cracked myself up. <laughs> wow. Uh, I didn't know you were going there, but okay. <laughs> I just took it there. Uh, when you need to tell your wife you need some new undies, you start getting ads for undies on, on Facebook. So, you know, I hate to think about dystopian futures, but if you're living in a VR environment and you start getting pop-up ads for all kinds of crazy stuff, you can there probably think Facebook, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is, too. Yeah, so... My personal opinion is we should fight the power on this one. This is just taking it too far, I believe. But I don't think it's going to slow anything down, to be honest. I still use Facebook well, Facebook on my phone. I let it do whatever it wants. I don't think I have anything to hide. I get annoyed by targeted advertising, but, you know, it kind of is the world we live in these days. But it's a scary thought, man, to know that Facebook's looking at literally everything. I mean, typically we have our hobbies and we have our, you know, our – online presences and things like that kind of separated you know but to have facebook digging into what kind of games do you like what do you typically buy for you know dlc content what kind of characters do you usually choose and using that to build an even more detailed persona of who you are online to send you advertisements is just a scary world yeah it is um i agree i'm you know i'm i'm more worried about them like a Russian hacker getting into my Facebook account, being able to see what's around me, find where I live and find credit card information or just like whatever, man. I just, I don't like it. It's not secure. Um, but, you know, uh, I am a VR user. And uh, one thing that certainly interests me uh, in the realm of VR um, is uh, haptic feedback, right? So uh, haptic feedback is is basically when uh, you kind of like reach out and you get some um yeah, uh, you know, some kind of like physical feedback. Like, think about like a a controller, right? When you were playing um, on your PS2 back in the day, and your controller would shake. That's haptic feedback, right? Um, and so, uh, a, a company has come out and uh, come out with a a new type of controller. Uh, you can see it on screen now. It kind of looks like a like almost like a lightsaber kind of deal here. Um, so. Um, wow, that looks uh, freaking dope. Yeah, so this is Tactical Haptics. It's uh, introducing a new saber grip, is what it's called, uh, for feedback in VR sword fights in fishing, right? Um, yeah, kind of cool, right? So it's uh, it's a new form factor, basically, which you could see here. We haven't seen anything like this before. It's aimed at delivering immersive VR sword fights, fishing games, and much more. It's re- It was revealed today, actually, which I think is even cooler. We're capturing it you know, today. Uh, it's shaped a little like a sword hilt and features the same haptic actuation as seen in the company's other controllers. Um, so they got a bunch of different haptic feedback that they're that are um, you know uh, devices that they're getting into, but the form factor gives it more natural feel, um, certainly for sword fighting or fishing experiences. So um, contact with the enemy's sword, shield, and body is felt via the sliding plates, and uh, this creates a haptic solution. So you can see uh, right where his hand is, you see those two black um, 
uh, little like um, handle plates, right? Those slide yeah, up and yeah. down. Those will slide up and down and um, make it make it kind of seem like uh, you know you're hitting something. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to hold it and feel um, you know what that's like. Uh, but also, even with uh, you know with a fishing a fishing game with your uh, rod, uh, basically uh, you'll feel the teal. Uh, I'm sorry, the tug of a fish on your reel. That's so cool. Yeah, man. Um, I'd this love to. Uh, Go ahead. I was gonna say this is exactly what I've been talking about over the last couple of months when we've been talking about VR. It's like this is what this is kind of what I've been waiting for with VR. It's like I don't think I can be fully immersed unless we have some tools like this that really make you feel like you're holding something. So if you clearly are physically holding something, that's kind of that's next level, man. Um, right. I really I really like to look at that thing. Yeah, and if it's if it's doing more than just shaking in your hand, because like the controllers right now they'll shake and all, and that's great. But you know, right. if I had a if I had a chest piece on, if I had one of those uh, you know treadmill type things underneath me, and I had one of these in my hand, I, you know, it'd feel a lot different. So yeah, it'd be cool if it has. Does it say that it has? Not to put you into the spot, but it does. Does it have like some sort of weight to it? Like, I mean, I'm sure obviously it's got. It some, doesn't some state to that it. explicitly, so no, I don't. I don't know that. Um, I also don't know. It doesn't state whether or not it shakes. I assume that it shakes because, like, all controllers shake, right? Right, right. Um, all I know is that those little black sliders will slide up and down to, um, you know, kind of uh, give you the illusion of your of your, um, basically of like when you hit something, the sliders will slide in a certain way to make it seem like you actually just hit something and your sword's yeah. bouncing back. Yeah, so it's exactly. got it's got to it's got to have weights in it. You know, it has to. Yeah, of course. It'd be so cool to see something that's got like adjustable weights too. Like a fishing rod's obviously lighter than a a knight's sword, you know. Um, right, right. So that'd be cool to have like adjustable weights. But that's so cool, man. I'm excited to see that in action. I think so too. And if you like VR, then you've probably ridden in a lift. <laughs> 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 there's no uh, other way there's no other way to segue into this the I don't, generalization's I, just so good <laughs> i don't think there's there's no way that i could have done that anyway guys this should be like this it should be if you if you've used a vr you probably live in california if you live in california you're probably taking public transportation probably use lift <laughs> boom dude boom you i couldn't oh, have done gosh. it better I couldn't oh, have done it better so bad so good so uh I, if you guys have been following the news um there's been some orders, uh, basically ch- changes in law that's requiring Lyft and Uber, um, specifically in California is what I'm talking about right now, uh, to classify drivers as full-time employees rather than independent contractors. What does that mean? That means that Lyft or Uber would have to cover their health insurance benefits. They, they, they would basically have to do a ton more. There would have to be like HR departments and all this stuff to protect them, right? And uh, Lyft saying, okay, well, if you're going to do that, then we're just not going to operate in California anymore, which really screws the people that are, op- that, are, that are in California working for Lyft. It really screws them over. Um, and so uh, they appealed. The appeals court is granting Lyft and Uber a temporary. This is today, as of today. Um, as of 3.45 today, um, <clears throat> they're, they're, they got granted a uh, temporary reprieve extending the time before the companies will be expected to comply with that law. So that law is going to go into effect. Uh, it's supposed to protect those drivers. Now, you would assume that all of these, all of the states would follow suit and then Lyft and Uber would have to make this happen. What's that do? That is going to shoot up the cost of a drive, of a ride. Mm. What's that mean? 
that means that you're probably going to start using taxi drivers again because it's going to be competitive once more. The reason why it's not been competitive and you haven't seen taxi drivers out there is ca- taxi drivers are not typically independent contractors. They're right. employed by that taxi co- driving company. They might not even own the vehicle, right? Yep. For, for Lyft and Uber, you own the vehicle. You're a private contractor. Lyft just pays you a little bit of money on the top. Um, you know, so it's kind of uh, it's a very weird kind of uh, battle that they're going into right now. But you might see more taxi drivers coming back. Who knows? Well, good for them. You know, it's kind of a bummer for the people. I think Lyft and Uber are like it's like a bubble right now. You know, there's probably a reason we haven't seen more companies come out and try to do the same sort of thing and have more competition. But they face so much backlash for things like this, like these little legal things that just cause them so much heartache. Um, you know, it'd be cool to see them come out. And I mean, why couldn't you just have, you know, Uber supplied vehicles, Lyft supplied vehicles, you know, and do all those things, insurance and things like that. Um, I, I know because I have a wife who works in a personal injury law firm that there's some really crazy legal stuff behind the scenes. Like if you're in an accident with a Lyft driver, like there's, there's not, really clear-cut laws in regards to whose insurance covers what and things like that um so just stuff to be wary about for sure oh wow yeah that that's really weird and you know i just feel like um it's just kind of a gray area that we need to get figured out and you know if if they did all the things like you just mentioned they'd probably they would just be another taxi company basically just a very big one but yeah big i I mean i mean they're definitely leaps and bounds ahead of the uh, yellow and black cabs you see riding around there's no app for the well as far as i know no apps to like be able to hail a taxi you know um maybe yeah you can can call a phone number like that's a thing um but you know what i mean like it's a little bit more tech technologically advanced using a lyft or an uber yeah yeah that stuff's so old school at this point all right so guys we've we've talked about the ufc we've talked about some beer we've talked about some tech it's time to talk about some video games be right back Let's do it. Guys, we're back. One of my favorite topics, one of my favorite things to do is play video games. Let's talk about it. Yes, sir. Um, jumping right into this, guys. Epic Games, we give you guys a little bit of information about Epic Games every week. They do free games. Who doesn't love free games? Everybody I love free games. Them. I do, too. You know what? And we got two to talk about this week. we got Enter the Gungeon and God's Trigger. We'll talk about Enter the Gungeon first. It's a $15, $14.99 value. It's an action indie adventure game. Enter the Gungeon is a bullet-held dungeon crawler following a band of misfits seeking to shoot, loot, dodge, roll, and table flip their way to personal absolution by reaching the legendary Gungeon's ultimate treasure, the gun that could kill the past. Oh, man, that sounds intense. Whoa, calm down. Uh, so it's got that 16 or 18-bit kind of imagery going. Looks pretty cool, works pretty cool. Uh, it's mostly single-player, but it's also local co-op. Kind of weird. Boo! We were this local close. cop, uh, dude. We almost, we almost won. We almost won. We were this close to playing it before the show tonight, but then we found out that you have to do some weird stuff to, to make it work. 
Yeah, local co-op. There is a there is a. I'm, I'm not going to shout out the software, but there is software that you could use uh, if you are just like doing online. But just add it to the game, man. Just add it to the game. Anyway, guys, come on. Fifteen dollars free. Moving on, God's Trigger, another $15, $14.99 game action indie roguelike. Um, slay enemies with speed and precision in an over-the-top show of blood and explosions. Play solo or with others. Make split-second decisions. Dodge bullets and use weapons and abilities to inflict violence in the most graphic way possible. What does this game remind me of? Um, Old-school Grand Theft Auto where it's top-down. Yeah, uh, kind of get that aspect to it, but it's a lot more faster paced. You're throwing grenades, you're shooting people, things are blowing up, bloods everywhere. It's crazy. But guess what? <laughs> Suckers local co-op. What the hell? We were this close. <laughs> this close. <laughs> we almost played this game before the show, but then we found out local co-op. Local co-op. And and I didn't see an um, alternative way for us to do this uh, online. So can anyway, I, guys. Can I just slow us down here and say... How do you play local co-op on a PC? Like, have you done that before? You've been a PC gamer way longer than me. Dude, I have no idea. Do you bring right. a separate keyboard? And you're like, hey, bro, you want to bring your keyboard over and play some God's Trigger? Honestly, I don't think that's, I don't know. I think you, I think you literally have to plug in, like, two controllers. That's the only thing I can think of. But I, I just don't know. I don't know how that works, honestly. It's weird. That's, that's foreign to me. It doesn't make sense. All right. Enough of Epic Games. You got a little bit of information for us. Yeah, just a quick call out here. NVIDIA, um, I saw an article today <clears throat> that NVIDIA reports they're having a great second half of the year so far, posting revenues of $3.87 billion. Nice. How long of a period of time, you ask? That's for their second fiscal quarter. That's crazy. So for one quarter, they made th- almost $4 billion. So CEO Jensen Huang attributes the growth to the pandemic, which has seen gaming become the most popular form of entertainment. And he makes a good point. There are so many different ways to enjoy games. You can, he, he mentions how people are using games to enjoy other forms of media even, including those Fortnite concerts that are happening and people are attending quote-unquote live. Um, so that's, that's pretty interesting. I mean, gaming, you know, it's been it's, – it's, Obviously, the pandemic sucks. It's not anything we'd have wished on anyone, um, but it's it's been impressive for for gamers and for the gaming industry. It's been a, it's been a it's been a good thing. It's we've seen a lot of good growth. That's crazy. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yep, absolutely. And then moving on, Activision is actually teasing a new Call of Duty, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. No shit. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just start out by saying I don't know anything about history, guys. Um, I didn't pay much attention at all in most of my high school career. I'm surprised I made it out of there. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I started trying really hard in college. Um, the game's going to be inspired by actual events, so actual Cold War events. There's actually a teaser video out, 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 um, out right now. That's all we've got to look at right now is a teaser video. It features a real speech by a KGB defector um, and may involve an actual Soviet spy who the CIA has documentation of potentially being involved in stealing nu- nuclear secrets from the U.S. This is a real person they're referring to. Um, so it's not clear if you get to play as that person or you just interact with that person at some point during the campaign. Um, but we'll know more on August 26th. The official release of the game is on that date. Um, and until that point, this is kind of all we know. So stay tuned for more on that. That's pretty cool. God, yeah, ton definitely. Of, ton of Call of Duty games, man. 
Um, uh, you know, so uh, speaking of video games, we got a video to show you guys uh, real quick. Um, uh, so it's on the screen right now, guys. We got a gorgeous action RPG, Black Myth Wukong, Wukong revealed uh, with an extended gameplay trailer. Uh, so uh, on the screen right now, you're seeing one minute of a 13 minute gameplay trailer. Go ahead and check it out on YouTube oh, if you want. Black Black Myth Wukong on YouTube to, if you want to watch the full 13-minute gameplay trailer. Uh, it's an action RPG based on classic Chinese tale, Journey to the West. I know all about this. has been announced uh, for consoles and PC. Um, you know, so uh, if you know about Goku, um, actually Goku's uh, based on the character uh, Wukong and, and plenty of other really? characters. Yeah, yeah, and plenty of other characters based on the character Wukong. Um, you know, if you want to go check out the folklore, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, Wukong and his brother, uh, you know, you know what? I can't think of it all right now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they ride around on a they ride around on a, on the Nimbus cloud, and they have this uh, extending stick. Um, you know, and, 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 and you got to go watch the, uh, you got to go watch the movie journey to the West. Uh, it's very interesting stuff. I, I saw it when I was like 13 years old. Anyway, it appears to be taking a souls like approach to gameplay with a vibrant, um, art style guys. It looks really nice. It looks um, beautiful. That's an amazing landscape. Yeah. So it's, uh, 13 minutes, uh, gameplay. Uh, it's in free alpha right now. Um, the gameplay video shows, uh, it includes exploration it shows you the combat it shows you the stealth the boss battles a montage of different environments and a giant battle thrown in for good measure and you don't see it on screen right now but uh, interesting enough you turn into like a little cicada um to to go into stealth mode you turn into a cicada okay. and you fly around enemies so you'll see that in the video as well guys it looks really nice you should probably check it out yeah i'm looking at this video right now and i'm like damn dude i kind of want to play that game i do too man very it's on nice. PC. It's going to be on PC, so I want to check well, it out. Maybe, maybe Epic will give it to us for free one day. <laughs> yeah, two years many, from now. Min, yeah, many years in the future. Yeah, um, wouldn't, wouldn't mind that. Yeah, for sure. All right, All right well, I think so. that takes us to about the end of our show. We don't have a shout-out this week because I, I do want to reiterate the fact that we will be having our very first guest on next week. Again, that's Victor and Andrew from the Lion Binds um, Hop Farm uh, next Friday. It won't be live, so if you tend to tune into our show live, I would say definitely check out the recording um, on YouTube or our or whatever podcast app that you like to listen to, to podcasts on. Um, and then also we will be doing a guest appearance on the Illust podcast so far, the day immediately following that on Saturday. I'm really excited to talk to um, – talk to those guys and and kind of learn a little bit more about them and talk about our show and we hope you guys tune in for that and we'll we'll definitely share that episode when it goes live super excited guys check it out i'm excited we're gonna have a great time we're gonna learn we're gonna have fun we're gonna talk about whatever we feel like talking about mostly beer i'm sure and uh it's gonna be a lot of fun so guys come check it out Yes, definitely. So again, before we close out the show, we just want to remind you guys, if you do watch here on Twitch, make sure you go subscribe to us on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. I think we may even be on Amazon now. I think you can listen to Amazon Podcasts. I'm not really sure, honestly. Cool. Um, but wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts, please do give us a subscribe. And the best thing that you can do to help us grow this show is just share with a friend. Tell somebody that you know who's interested in craft beer, UFC, technology, or video games to listen to our show that's what helps us kind of grow and we appreciate you guys being here as always and we look forward to next week where we've got more stuff to talk about 
lot of fun stuff coming up, guys. We'll see you next time. Have a good night. See ya.